What is good, Badger fans? We are back with another edition of a Shot of Whiskey podcast brought to you by the good people at New Amendment as a part of the Beyond the Big Ten podcast network. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcast, and on YouTube and all other socials. That's Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok with the handle at Beyond the Big Ten. Not spelled out, but the number 10. I am former Badger All-American Jordan Taylor. And back with us this week for the second time this year and by popular demand is All Big Ten Badger, former All Big Ten Badger, a member of the 2014 and 15 Final Four teams, the one and only Josh Gasser. Josh, what's good with you, man? How you feeling? Appreciate you coming back again. Pronounced my name right. Uh, I had to fill you in for what? John. The Badgers make the NIT and he, he backs out in classic John fashion, so I guess <laughs> I'm here filling in. <laughs> John John was both disappointed and disgusted, so decided not to join us this week, man. But no, real talk, John. John's a busy man. You know, you make all that money, you become you become busy and hard to reach, especially during the during the week. So John is is off doing a little work, and he'll be back with us next week. Um, but yeah, man, like I am happy I, I pronounced your name right. It's only been what like thirteen years, yeah, something you like that. Yeah, you know. yeah. I'm a quick learner, quick study, man, quick study. But listen, man, let's jump into it. Obviously, a tough week for Badger fans, a tough week for Badger fans, former Badger Badger alum, uh, coaches and players. I don't think anybody is is pleased right now um, as a Badger. So let's just start, man. Obviously, Ohio State game. I think you texted me right after the game and said, well, there goes the season <laughs> after, <laughs> after the game. It's as positive Man, it was that was a that was a tough performance. You get down twenty uh, in the first half. Cool to see him battle back and like and make it a game. It was almost thirty. It's twenty seven at one point, I believe twenty seven. So just, that's you know it's I I feel bad for the kids, the coaches, the fans because that's kind of a sick way to go out. You, you're happy, pleased to see them battle back and make that a game. But just give us some of your takeaways, man, from that Big Ten tournament outing and and uh, and yeah, we'll start there. I mean, not much to say. I mean, it just got off to a real slow start. In a game like that, in a must win, you got to be the team going out there with with everything to lose. And and Ohio State went out there just like free, loose, playing, having fun, just getting after it, aggressive. And we were kind of on our heels a little bit. And by the time we woke up, I mean, you can't come down from 20. We almost did it. You know, we almost did come down from almost 30, but you can't expect to come back that late. And um, Ohio State did everything they could to give us the game. It was just (laughs) – we were down by too much. So, as you said, I'm just I feel I feel for those guys, those older guys, and um, just a just a long season. Just couldn't quite put everything together, and that that game itself felt like felt like a microcosm, just a, a 40 minute version of the six month season season in general. Just inconsistencies, couldn't quite put it together. Um, had a shot, had an opportunity, and just couldn't quite get over the hump. So, is what it is, I guess. You know, I think I think it's been documented. Documented. We'll go to bat for obviously we're homers, we're alum. Uh, Coach Gar recruited me. I played with Joe Sharif's like a family member. Um, but I will say that it is it was disappointing to the last two games going into the tournament with with your season on the line. The the performances against Minnesota and Ohio State. I think that I think that's the first time I can actually say where you know fans kind of have a right to be a little disappointed um with those efforts and you know it's it stinks to say I think coach guard those guys would agree with that um I I know they're disappointed nobody's more disappointed than the people who are actually involved um you know they're playing for their jobs and and futures obviously so 
um yeah that, that that was that was tough for me to see there was a silver lining for me it was uh the plus 22 and a half on the live line was pretty much free once they got <laughs> oh, down that was 27. That was, once they get yeah, that, that was, that was there's no <laughs> chance it wasn't. Yeah, we've been a part of a tie game with three minutes left all year. There's no chance it wasn't getting at least somewhat close. Uh, that's what I always say. I did, I did get a little nervous when we were still down like 20 with like with like seven or eight minutes or whatever, right before we made the run, whatever it was. And I was like, man, this is easy money. If anybody, if there was a silver lining, if you needed to make an extra paycheck, that was it. So if you missed it, sorry for you. Hope I don't. I don't think there's going to be too many opportunities where we're down by that much uh, in a in a big game like that. So, um, but either way, man, missed the tournament. We get a we get a three seed in the NIT, and let's let's talk about first. Is the second time there's a lot of chatter online. Second time we've missed the tournament under Coach Guard. Um, it's a lot of comparison between Coach Ryan, who we had on the show last week. I would like to just kind of look at the season and recap it. But before we do. I just want to, I, I feel like people are getting a little out of pocket with how they're looking and framing um, Coach Guard's kind of resume thus far because you're leaving out the Sweet 16 appearances. You're leaving out – and obviously missing the tournament twice is tough. But leaving out the Sweet 16 appearances, leaving out two Big Ten titles is something that – I don't know how many Big Ten titles did Coach Ryan have in his first couple of years. No, not many. I mean, one or I mean, maybe one or yeah, two. They tied, they tied for a couple, like, yeah, but it wasn't – yeah. I mean, to your point, I mean, 360, 370 days ago, we were in the Cole Center with 16,000 people cutting down the nets for the trophy on the stage, celebrating a Big Ten championship. I was there. It was, it was awesome. And then, you know, yeah. 355 days from now, we were, you know, fighting to go in this, to make the 316, you know, playing in a close game against Iowa State. Didn't play well, but and that wasn't that long ago that we were there and a couple of years prior. So I'm with you, like, chill the brakes a little bit. Like, we, it's hard when, it's hard when you follow a legend, Bo. I mean, you know, nobody does this. We we were an outlier. We were the we were the one percent, um, you know, the past twenty five years. So now we're we're like a little human, almost like we're 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 back to kind of being like everybody else, where you're, you know, having you know ebbs and flows a little bit instead of that just ultra consistency. Um, but I, I don't know. This team this team was close. You know, they they were close. They were they were really yeah. three plays away and three like prayer plays away we talked about the kansas last second shot when you talk about the michigan mm-hmm. 30 footer that dickinson hit to put in overtime you talk about you know call up the nebraska game where you're up 18 in the second half you know one or two plays go your way now all of a sudden you're sitting at you know what Purdue. 20 and 20 and 9 heading to the big 10 tournament we're probably a six <laughs> seed like we're comfortably in the tournament you know maybe you make a run like we're right there if it wasn't for those couple of games and i kind of compared to you know the year after you left uh year i got hurt you know, kind of similar to that yeah. team where it felt like, so that was 2013, you know, lost two starting guards and a, and a role player, Rob Wilson, you know, graduated. Um, similar to, you know, lost Johnny Davis, lost Brad Davison, lost a, a backup big. Um, that team just found a way to win those couple close games where we were on the other side of that. We hit like three prayer shots, you know, Ben Ben's 40-footer, yeah. Trayvon hit two game winners like that were kind of, you know, so that's all it takes. You know, that team was a five seed in the tournament. This team doesn't make the tournament. And sometimes it comes down to those real small plays, and we're right there in these games. We just didn't have that next level to to ever take a lead from three to ten, or you know, every game was close. And when every game's close like that, man, it's just it's just tough. And when you don't find a way to win the games, um, it just adds up. So we're close, but we just didn't have enough. 
I, I think I think to your point as well, that season that you're talking about is 2013. Me, I obviously graduate, Rob graduates, and you go down. But we obviously replace a lot with uh, future NBA talent and Sam Decker, who, who, even though he was a freshman, still does things that not a lot of people at Wisconsin do in terms of his athleticism and just attacking attacking the rim from the wing. So even that is is a bit of a stretch. Um, and I think that one thing that team also had was a lot of uh, experience. Exactly. So again, even though I like you had guys. We had what two redshirt seniors that year with Ryan Evans and Jared Bergeron, who still were there. You had a senior in Mike Bruzewitz, so you had a lot of ex- this team had virtually, virtually no experience. Like you look at okay, Tyler Wall, fine, but then your next, how many times have you seen a Wisconsin team with a sophomore or Stephen Crowell's a redshirt sophomore? Correct. Uh, Chucky Hepburn is a sophomore. Connor Season is a freshman. How many Wisconsin teams have you seen with that kind of makeup? Exactly. And that's why and that team team, your point. team ended up being being good and good enough because they found ways to win those close games. And this team just didn't have yep. that ability or experience or next level of talent with having the Sam and you know whoever uh, to take you to that. So, but they were close. They were just they're right there. And that's why I think heading into next year, hopefully they can just get their asses in the gym and and take that next step that you need. And uh, they'll be upperclassmen. And I think usually that's kind of the the trajectory you take here at Wisconsin. So excited for it, but still disappointing, yep. no doubt. Yeah. So that's, that's, um, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think I understand the frustration for sure. You know, I understand, especially from fans, but also, also like, let's, back. let's not get carried away. Let's, let's, uh, don't, don't go overboard, be frustrated, but don't go overboard. I think this team kind of deserves a wait and see approach. Um, I think me and John, when you weren't here, we actually compared this team to more of the to the team that Devin Harris left. Yeah where he was a junior and he left early for the draft. And even then, it was like they kind of got lucky because they got Sharif Chambliss coming from Penn State, who's a veteran, and they had uh, Clayton Hansen come in as well, yeah. who also had experience. But if you take those two away you, they, and you don't get lucky in that situation, then you're looking at Cam Taylor, who's a sophomore. You're looking at Orlando, Orlando Tucker, who's a redshirt sophomore, I believe. Yeah. Um, and you're looking at a whole bunch of other young guys where it's like, all right, maybe that team – definitely doesn't go to the elite as good as doe and cam were definitely doesn't go to the elite eight without sharif and and clayton especially just the way that that uh the style of play was back then but i think i think i think like a team like that and i think the team i don't know what you think but this team i felt like was just missing an identity like what what were we like if you were to describe who we were what we were good at like what like most wisconsin teams who maybe are lacking some experience or talent or something you can at least point to well they're they're just tough, hard nose. This is what they do really well. They they get to the free throw line. They do like I don't know what we really were. <laughs> like, yeah. were we a great defensive yeah. team? Were we a tough physical team? Were we a great three point shooting team? Were we an inside team? Were we a perimeter? Like every game, every week, it, it kind of changed. I don't think the guys figured out what their identity was. I don't think they figured out who who the closer was. Who in, in certain situations, and that's on the players. Like, at the end of the day, you can talk about coaching this or that, but at the end of the day. On the court, you kind of feel it out the course of the season, uh, as you know, and it just doesn't feel like it was figured out at any point. I don't know what you think, but that, that's just what it felt like for me watching. It's like, who are we? No, no, we talked about that. You know, we talked about that offline before. Um, you know, I think maybe before the Minnesota game or wherever it was. But no, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I think the the nice thing is is that there there was visible talent, but yeah, you can't. You know, when coach is looking for a, a guy to take the shot down the stretch every game or 
or a different guy every game. It's Max Klesman one game. It's Connor the next game. Like anytime you have to look for, you know, a freshman who's 0 for 10 yeah. to take your last shot, that and assigned. that's what you're leaning on. Like that one that hats off to Connor yeah. for garnering that type of confidence, <laughs> but two also like, damn, that's a, that's a difficult situation to be in as a team and as a coach. You know what I'm saying? It's it's really just a messed up situation. To it was be probably in. the right decision and too. Honest, <laughs> but it's yeah, it's the right decision. I, I'm not, and it's I don't even think there's blame to be had there. It's just that was the reality of the situation. That's, right. That's what you had to go with, and it didn't work out. And I mean, you you talked about all the games they were close on. We didn't even talk about the Rutgers in the Purdue game, which yeah, you know exactly. <laughs> you lose again the game that we're talking about where Connor you know obviously misses the floater, um, and then uh, Cliff Amori blocks the shot at the buzzer. That ball, if that bounces the other way, and then you know you get a little more luck down the stretch of the Purdue game, make a Purdue game, make a couple plays, you're literally looking at a, a eight seed in the tournament right now, exactly. as opposed to being in the we're NIC. Basically Maryland. That's, we're Maryland, we're Iowa, we're you know Michigan State. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're right there. <laughs> and it's it's hard to it's hard to keep that in perspective uh, when you're looking at an entire program. We're like you can't, like we're gonna sit here and say the program is in shambles because you know we didn't make two to two to four plays throughout the course of a season with a really young team. And I understand you could argue like, yeah, all right, well, we didn't make those plays because of deeper rooted issues or whatever you want to do. But again, and when you make one or two Johnny of those Davis. plays, that, that just, that gives the young guys confidence. For the rest. They never had the one thing for me is like, man, I, if I were to season was exhausting. <laughs> like I felt like if I was a player or a coach, like, you know what it's like, like these guys never won back-to-back games in, in 2023. Like once the calendar flipped, yeah. they so you, you win a game, you you finally feel good about yourself. In forty eight hours, you lose like over and over and yeah. over again, and just like there's nothing worse than going to practice the next day after a loss, sitting in film for an hour, going through a practice, and they they had that every week. Like they never got to feel it, good about themselves for more than forty eight, seventy two hours at a time. And even when they did win, most of the wins were like to your point by three against Minnesota. Are they really feeling that good after that game? Are they really feeling that good after they beat Ohio state after blowing a 19 point lead or so like every win they had, it's like, do we really feel good? Every loss is just heartbreaking and just demoralizing. And I don't know. I feel like I'd be exhausted if that was these guys and these coaches injuries. Yeah. Nah, that, that season, that season felt like a, like a a hard nosed 40 year relationship. Like, man, we're going to break up, get back together. We had some kids, like God forbid, we might have had some complications with the kid. God for like not to yeah. not to be too dark, but like God it's damn, awesome, like man. that just felt like that. Yeah, that that felt like a, a long relationship. Just walking I, around campus, even for me, man. Even for even for me as a fan, you know, I obviously was in Romania to start the season, and I switched teams, and I'm at home for the Kansas game, thinking like, damn, we almost beat Kansas. Like, here's a shot. We're gonna, we're gonna be really 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 good this year. You know what I mean? And then. I get to London and now Tyler Wall gets hurt. He goes down and it's like, shoot, we lost three games in a row. We're out here getting clapped. Like yeah. we stink. Like, you know what I mean? Like just as, as those, those are just the thoughts you're going through uh, as a fan. And it, yeah, it, it did really just feel long, but man, let's, let's kind of, let's back it up and let's kind of go into detail for you. Tell me what, tell me some of the things how you, or tell me some of the reasons you felt like the season went wrong this year, where and why. I, I, injuries are easy to point to, but I think that's a cop out a little bit. I mean, we didn't we didn't have anybody tear their ACL. Tear, like, like Tyler missed, you know, ten days with a sprained ankle. Like everybody has a guy who sprains their ankle, or you know. So 
I don't want to use that. Yeah. I, I think it goes back to just what was our identity? The, the whole, you know, throughout the Big Ten season, we just couldn't quite figure out identity and um, current you know, certain situations down the stretch. I mean, every game you're playing in a five-point game, a three-point game, like we never quite could figure out, like, what is our go-to set? What's our go-to, uh, you know, yeah. what are our roles? Like, did, did, did everybody figure out what their individual role was to help the guys, you know, help the team? Like, was Max Glesman our, our shutdown defender or – you know, because some games I played Tyler Wall was guarding sense of ball, and some of these guys was, was sometimes he was playing the point, or was, or, was, or was or was he our scorer? Yeah, like, was well, he our well, shutdown defender? Was yeah, he was, was, was Stephen Crowell our go-to post guy? Because because then some games, you know, he, he didn't touch the ball much. So it felt like we were kind of feeling each other out for for far too long. I mean, it took six months. I still don't think we figured it out. So I think that that's just the root cause of it. And when things were going well, it was fine. But even when things were going well at the beginning of the year, I mean. You know, we beat Dayton by one. We beat Marquette in overtime. So, like, if one or two of those plays didn't go well, like, did we really play that well at the beginning? I, I don't know. So, to me, it was just – it was an identity issue. It was an experience issue. It was um, depth. I mean, we we didn't have enough guys off the bench who could come in and score the ball. I, you know, I think I think I texted you this, but I think we scored 70 points uh, in, like, a major conference game twice all year. So, you know, we, we just didn't have enough – we didn't have that next level, that next gear to take you to the next edge and, and really put a team away. So uh, that was a long-winded answer and kind of threw a bunch of different things at you, but I, that's what this team was, just <laughs> kind of random and just... <laughs> all, yeah. all over all, all over the place. place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all, all over the place. I hear you. Uh, you said that, and one thing that stuck out to me was we really beat the Big East champion, tournament and regular season champion, on the road. Yep. We were at that game. And Marquette and, yeah, is... Yeah, I was I was a little disgusted, so I didn't even watch the tournament show, selection show. But what what seed did Marquette end up getting? Two seed. So Marquette's a two seed. We went to Milwaukee and beat them on the I, again. And Chucky, was you there. go back through, and Chucky didn't play in the second half, and Chucky didn't play in the second half. So that is like to me, just looking at the schedule, you take number four Kansas down to the wire, should have beat them, had them beat, one seed, had them beat. One seed, you beat Marquette on the road, top 10, another top 10 team, two seed. But then you have games where, Purdue, you know, you're losing to, in Nebraska. Lost to another one seed by two points. Lost to, not, lost to another one seed by two at home. And then, but then you're losing to Nebraska, you know, on the road, blowing 17 point leads. So I guess the one thing that stuck out to me where it went wrong was, um, was just leadership, which I guess is, is intertwined with lack of identity. Yep. And, but it, to, to me, it's just leadership and it's it's difficult. Um, you know, I think in teams past, the leadership generally comes at Wisconsin, I would say, from either the guard, like the lead guard or maybe from your best player. I don't know. And I'll, I'll let you speak to that, especially for your final four teams like Frank and Sam. Um, but for me, even on those teams, I always kind of looked at you and Trey as the leaders. Like I like obviously Frank and Sam were the best players, but I looked at you guys as kind of like the pulse of the team. And again, to go back to Max Klesmith, he's new on campus. He's a, he's got experience, but he's a transfer. So I mean, that's getting comfortable and doing all that is is in and of itself a challenge. And you have a sophomore and a freshman who are extremely talented, but those two are trying to find their way uh, without Johnny Davis and trying to find trying trying to find their way with making plays and also kind of quote unquote being the man at the same time. And I just felt like. You know, I, I was never even close to being prepared to lead at that level as a freshman. Like, man, it ain't no way. Not I, the sophomore year. I had Trey and Jabo, so it was 
you know, I, I felt like it was it was a little easier, especially when John got hurt. I was kind of forced into that trade. Uh, Pop wasn't like the most vocal person in the world. Um, but yeah, so for those dudes to have to be put in that situation is extremely difficult. And I think there's uh, it was kind of I don't want to say it was it was set up to fail from the start, but it was an extremely, extremely big hill to climb no pun intended with the <laughs> for coach Ryan, but um, extremely big hill to climb from the jump. I thought those did, those guys actually did an amazing job with it. Yeah. Um, you know, given the circumstances, but yeah, that, again, long winded answer for me too, but the main thing was leadership and it, it showed to me when, you know, in Penn, again, at Penn state, Chucky comes off a, they call a ghost screen and Connor, I think comes out, sets the ghost screen. They get the switch. Yeah. Chucky knocks down a three, big three. Next time out, go back to the same play, and now they don't bring the right guy, and now Chucky's stuck on, I believe, uh, on Pickett or one of their guards, Jalen Pickett or one of their guards, as opposed to, you know, the shooter or the weaker defender, and now it's a tougher shot and misses the shot. Same thing against Nebraska. You get the, you call the ghost screen, you get a switch, and now Chucky takes a step back three, and instead of getting downhill and going to the rim, and I remember in the in the timeout, Coach Guard being like attack yeah. the rim, and he was frustrated. Bonus, yeah. And to me, it. Yeah, but to and I mean in Chucky's defense, it's like all right, the step back three has worked several times. It worked against Minnesota, yep. so it's like those type of things are, are those type of things are learning experiences. Um, that you, but it's just one of those things where it's like all right, you're not always thinking the game. You're kind of going for glory, uh, sometimes or going with not even glory, going with uh, what you're most comfortable in. Yeah. Um, so to me, the leadership just didn't translate with the little things, which in turn ended up costing us a lot of those close games. No, I totally. I, that, Exactly right. I mean, identity, not knowing your roles, like that. Did anybody embrace the role of being a leader? Like, I don't think any individual did that. You know, should it have been Chucky, Tyler, whoever? Like, probably did they do it effectively? I don't know. So, uh, but I think that goes to your point. Like, maybe we missed Brad Davis in more than we thought. Johnny Davis, you know, led in his certain ways. And <laughs> when our 2015 team, like, you don't need your best player to be the leader. You know, Sam led in his in certain ways, Frank led in his certain ways, but having your guards be the ones to in the huddles, be the voice, you know, you were always the voice. I mean, anytime we, we needed something, uh, whether we were down, whether we had a late flight, all, all five guys in the huddle were looking at you, whether you liked it or not, that's what was going to happen. And, and same thing, you know, <laughs> later on, even, even though Frank and Sam are clearly the best players, Nigel, like guys were looking towards myself and Trey and guys to, to kind of set the stage and be the voice a little bit. So those guys could just go out there and hoop. Um, and I don't know if we had that voice or that, just guy that you looked at and just kind of had that respect, respect for to, to take to take the team to the next level that way. So that's just going to come with growth, I guess. It better at least. Yeah, have it, to. No, it, ha- it has to. It has no other choice. No other choice, or it's continue to kind of go the wrong way. But to your point of liking it or not, like there were times. There's times when your team's playing bad, and it's like you put so much weight on on yourself, where it's like. Yeah, guys would look at me, and in my head, I'd be like, "What y'all looking at? Like y'all, mo- <laughs> like y'all make a damn shot? Like God damn!" And that's when you go to the KK like, afterwards, and then after we lose to Marquette, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like I go to Marquette, and I'm tweeting yeah. after, like, man, <laughs> 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 I'm saying, like, you know I'm saying, what's wrong with y'all, man? <laughs> like, you know? Nah, so I mean, yeah, to your point, it's it's like the it's the weight of your weight of the world on your shoulders at the time. I mean, in hindsight, like. If I could go back, obviously you you know what you know, and hindsight's twenty twenty. But like in hindsight, it's it's nothing. It's not a big deal. It's more just like all right, like relax, take a deep breath. Like who cares? But when you're nineteen, twenty years old, 
and you know you're on tv and people are on twitter and your family and your friends like are kind of watching you and you know one one thing this kind of off topic one thing that is kind of our like college athletes are so like scrutinized in their bubble that you feel like you're a bigger deal than you are 100%. and i i would yeah and i would say and i would say that that uh that's true for most athletes but specifically college athletes like especially these days no one really like cares <laughs> like other than your hometown fans and even then like they'll they'll get over it <laughs> and they're, they're not going to remember yeah, you so, in eight to ten years anyway that's why 100 dickinson was walking around with that mask it's like uh, dude i think you're gonna regret like I think you're gonna regret that, dude. Like, I don't care. I think you're doing it for fun, but you're you're really. I don't know, man. Like, you're not that. Like, no one really. People are just you're making a reason for people nationally to care. They probably don't. <laughs> they totally. They they don't. They don't. And it's like I remember I spent some time in the in the WNBA bubble, and Diana Taurasi used to say a lot. She'd be like, "Like, you just can't give." Like, she used to say, "You can't give a damn." Like, who cares? It's just basketball. And like I, if when I was, I wish that Chucky and Connor and Tyler, all those dudes, I don't know, maybe they do, but I, I wish that they would have that mindset of just like, yo, just who cares? Like, go do what you got to do, take care of your business, and, and don't put so much pressure on yourself. That's hard. It's um, a hard skill I think to have. Dude. I, it's I, it's a it's a hard skill to have. That's one thing I respect the hell out of Trayvon Jackson for. Just going back to one of my teammates, like people scrutinize him. You know, make the right decision 100 percent of the time. Who does? But that man was fearless. That man didn't give a damn what anybody said, and he helped us. <laughs> that that leadership yeah. translated to the rest of the team, and kind of had to give us the rest of that mindset because it's hard to have that. So, I, some guys can lead in their own ways, and I, I just respect the hell out of guys who have that. And, um, it's a hard quality to get. It's a skill for sure. It, and I also I also look at uh, at guys like that, and you know, you look sometimes. I think in the moment you look at them as like delusional. Oh yeah. But now now looking back, it's like. Delusional delusion is probably a good thing. Like, <laughs> like shit, I'm try, trying to be as delusional as possible. That's going to take you further. The software, I'm like, we're going to be a national champion. It's like, dude, we're like 500 right now. And it's like, he was right. <laughs> I mean, some guys are delusional. Man, like, you got it. They have those big goals. I don't know. Trey, Trey Trey definitely did talk about that. Trey was like, he used to say some things. My senior, I just look at dude like, yo. Anyway, I'm over yeah, here. NBA first round yeah, pick. It's like, let's just get the floor in college first. But <laughs> love the confidence, though, buddy. But no, but Trey, man, he is. Shout out to Trey Jackson, man. He's built trying to build something special as well uh, as far as TBT goes and uh, bringing guys back on campus. So big shout out to Trey, man. Um, but yeah, man, let's talk about let's talk about the good things, man. Let's talk about what went right this year. Go ahead. <laughs> You ain't got nothing to say. No, you ain't got nothing to say. I, I, I think. Go ahead. I think, I'll let you lead I off. I think it's something we talked about. I think uh, having freshmen come in and have that much of an impact. He, I think he might be a leading scorer. I think second leading scorer, eleven points a game. I mean, guy like that guy coming in, having that fearless attitude, get getting better throughout the season. Um, it sets sets you up right for the future. Um, you know, Stephen Carl's growth. I think at times show flashes and, and things like that, but. Uh, and overall, I think our fight was fine. Our fight was there. Our toughness was there. The, you know, the guys played hard. Uh, guys, everything I've heard from the coaching staff and the players, like a great group of kids, great group of guys that have they have something. Um, so there's some there's a foundational element that's there, and I think we have uh, enough talent uh, to one good off season away to to take it to the next level. So, you know, I, I like the fact that we beat some great teams. I like the fact that we um, had guys who showed flashes and and 
can set you up for something, you know, moving forward. So what do you got? Yep. Yep. No, I, I mean, all that, of course. I, I'm looking at the schedule and I'm sitting here like it. The frustration was losing a lot of these games. But if you're looking at the games we're losing, we lost to Penn State in overtime, right? Penn State. We lost. Penn State. No, we beat Penn State twice. Yeah. I'm sorry. We lost to Northwestern twice. Lost to Illinois twice. The the only bad loss to me when I'm looking at the schedule is is Nebraska. Um, it was the only. So it's just and that by the metrics, I don't think was even considered a bad loss. It was probably. A nah, we we're not doing that. We not, we're not. We're well, not. That's doing what I'm that. saying. Not, yeah, we that was not, our no, reason for getting in the NCAA play. tournament. We had no bad losses, and we <laughs> had some big wins. <laughs> no, 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 no. Nebraska was a bad loss. <laughs> Nebraska was a bad loss. We had a lot of bad that. wins. Beating Minnesota by three. You know, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, nah, ain't no such thing as a bad win either. We're not doing that either. They're all, they're all good wins. We might not play well, but ain't no bad. Uh, might not have played well, but ain't, ain't no bad win. But I'm, yeah, so I'm just looking and like there's really no bad loss. So I'm thinking the the good thing that came away from there was a lack of leadership, I think, um, just because of the makeup of the team. But I think there was also a lot of growth because of that reason too because when there is a lack of leadership there also tends to be a lot of people trying to find themselves in kind of somewhat of a chaotic situation and i think that goes from you know coach guard coach uh, coach Krabenhoff, sharif coach chambliss and and dean as well coach dean as well to all the way to you know to the players and i think that for instance you saw steven cry his his uh me and john talked about him developing that left hand hook you know, over his right shoulder, which he you saw visibly saw him develop that throughout the season. Uh, Max Klesmit developed his game as a scorer, which for better or for worse at times, like you needed it at times, maybe sometimes him to tone it back a little, like, but whatever, you know. So I think that's the positive. You saw a lot of guys grow up individually as players. It might not have came together uh, from a team aspect as much as you wanted it to, but I think a lot of guys really grew up as uh, in their skill sets, which I think will bode well. Uh, moving forward next year. Is Max Klesman eligible to come back next yeah, year? Yeah, I think he's only a sophomore. So he's only a sophomore, a yeah. Oh, I'm tripping. Or he played. This was his third season. So I don't know. I don't know how the so NCAA third season, right? yeah. another year or two. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm tripping. Yeah. I'm tripping. Okay, so yeah. So a lot of guys found themselves. You're bringing a, pretty much the same team back. We'll talk about the transfer portal here in a minute. Um, but that that was that was the positives that I took away from it. A lot of guys grew up, kind of came into their own in in different ways, and I think that's a lot to be excited about moving forward. And now, look, speaking of moving forward, we obviously host Bradley in the NIT. I see that as just like I hope. Listen, if if I were, we almost made the NIT my freshman year, and I told myself literally as we're walking to the room for the selection show, I was like, man. Go I'm, shoot! I might transfer if we make the NIT. I'm about. To, you know what I'm like, I was going to go home. Would, like that's what I, I was, was going to ask you how you would uh, approach the NIT. I I was not listen. You know you know how I talk. I'm about, I'm gonna say everything that I'm gonna just talk just to talk sometimes. But like I was saying, if we make the NIT, man, I'm going home. Y'all on your own. You good? Like <laughs> <laughs> forget about me. So, so that, again, 19 year old kid. Um, but. You know, I, I look at some of like Evan Turner of Ohio State. They went to the NIT his freshman year, I believe, Costa Cuba, and they won the NIT. And, you know, I think I think those type of things help uh, moving forward as well. I think those are building blocks, even though you obviously don't want to be in the NIT. I think Villanova won it in like 2015 or something, too. I, I saw a picture of like all those dudes holding up NIT. Maybe it was, maybe it was a piece of, I don't know. 
But there's been a lot of good teams who have won the NIT who kind of carried that springboard them up. But yeah, man, I don't know how to handle making the NIT because it's <laughs> one of those things where any of your season sucks. It's the worst. But you get two weeks to be a regular college kid and, and have some fun and, and just get back in the gym and just kind of grind on your own. And like that, that that's an exciting time, too. And yeah. I, I hope they I hope they use this as an opportunity to to springboard them to next year and try to win the thing because you're playing the games, you might as well try to win it. Not to sound like Coach Ryan, but but I don't know how to handle it. So I think if these guys really want it, I don't know how I don't know what they individually want as a team. I, if they really want to go ahead and attack this thing, I think they I think they can make a good good nice run here in the IT and then potentially win the thing, and that can help you out going into the off season. But if they're like you were as a freshman, uh, they play loose <laughs> yeah, they, they're like <laughs> I was about to say, if they're like me, they might as well just pack it up. Probably me too. I don't know how to handle it. I have no idea. I'm glad I I never had that uh, uh, option. But no, yeah, to your point, it's you know i'm i'm interested i'm interested to see how the cold center is going to turn up and turn out i kind of hope the cold center i, I hope it kind of keeps away some of the people that you know are disappointed and i hope it kind of turns up like a rowdier fan yeah, you know what yeah, i'm saying like a younger younger person maybe it's a five bucket ticket or something yeah, i don't know <laughs> yeah like this this, well, yeah, this like, like my it, pipe it could dream. be a good like family event or something but it's like eight thirty game so it's like people can't take the kid i don't know yeah, yeah make it more late. like a yeah. fun atmosphere but i don't think it can i don't know well see, i have no idea i gotta ask my, them my, about the game and hand up i'm not going but <laughs> <laughs> You a trash fan and <laughs> alum. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> That's horrible. But uh no, like I, I hope it's kind of like a, a rebirth. That's my this is my pipe dream. It's a rebirth of the Cole Center in a way where you know it's like like I said, kind of inject some of that life back in there that I think has been missing probably since you guys were there. Um since those since those final four teams because of Rick, man, I'll never forget one of my favorite memories in life. Not not basketball in life was running out when we played number one Ohio State, man, and the whole arena already packed to the top, to the top. And I remember walking out there. I remember seeing the fans, like, lining up when we were eating before. But I remember running out on the court and being like, yo, this is like some – this is like a movie. Like, this is crazy. I was crazy. I was a freshman. That was nuts. People going nuts. That was – yeah, that that was – so I, I hope that, you know – the players deserve that type of experience. No, no knock to the to the older crowd or the fans, but you know it, it seems to be something that that's needed at this. It had some flaws, yeah. Man, we'll keep point. That was that was that was awesome. Last year, I was at the like I said, the Purdue game when they won clinched a Big Ten championship. That was similar to that. I mean, they didn't have a Jordan Taylor twenty seven yeah. point you know performance like anything crazy like that. They got <laughs> the crowd go, but it was it was pretty. But they had you know Big Cat, the barstool guys were there trying to like they hyped it up in a weird way. But that that helped the younger just like fan and energy in the building. And I I don't know what they got to do, but I'm with you. Yeah, no, no disrespect to barstool and Big Cat. I like Big Cat. I think I've got to talk to him one time. But you know the the barstool thing made me think you guys were douchebags. But anyway, me? what did I? So we're because you affiliated. Because I was in the <laughs> you, you were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did pull Big Ken aside then and I was like, dude, you're like a 40 year old man. He's like, dude, people are obsessed with me. I can't get away. It was just hilarious. <laughs> like, everybody take a picture with him. I'm like, you you must hate this. He's like, dude, this is, he was sweating. He's just like, anyways. Yeah, man. But so, yeah, like to, to, to your point, uh, yeah, hopefully they, they take care of business in the NIT and it's, it's a tough tournament to win. 
Um, still a tournament, still good teams in there. So hopefully they take care of business, man. And before we wrap it up, man, let's just talk about this. Let's talk about moving forward and how we improve the team for next year. We've talked about already. Um, Chucky Hepburn's back. Connor Seasons back. Uh, Max Klesman's back. Tyler Wall, we'll see. Steven Crowell is back. You have a nice freshman class coming in, featured or featured by uh, Gus Bus and and Nolan Winter. Um, so, what exactly do you feel like is something that we need on this team? I I really before I let you answer that, I really like Marcus Ilver. I hope he stays, and I hope he he's he's got a chance. I think to really fill a big hole and need for this team, athletically, um, physically. And yeah, so but go ahead, talk talk about what you think uh, needs to be addressed. Well, I think first and foremost, you got to keep your guys. I, I, not to be not yeah. to be uh, morbid or anything, but the, the state of college basketball, who the hell knows what could happen? Who could come in and you know, got to keep keep Chucky here, Connor here, Tyler, you know, all these guys because you know it's it's not like it used to be. It's it's you're recruiting your your own guys almost to stay. So uh, first and foremost, you know, keeping our core group there. And I think we got to find a guy or two in the transfer portal. You know, even even two seasons ago, we brought in Chris Vote. You know, big seven foot center, probably average mm. three points a game, right? But it's just a good body that you brought in off the bench to uh, to have some size, some defensive presence. You know, so I think we need another big like that who can who can just be a force in the paint. And I think we need a wing scorer, some guy who can just create some offense, some instant offense, get hot for you know twelve points a half, just someone to give you a spark, uh, or even come in and start at that position. So I think. I don't think it's a bad thing to hit the transfer portal once you keep your guys. Uh, and honestly, I think the biggest thing that this, this team lacked was our bigs not being able to stretch the floor at all. Like yeah. Stephen Crow, like our four and five men couldn't they, they just couldn't stretch the floor. Yeah. The way Wisconsin basketball plays, you, you need those guys to be able to stretch the floor. And I think that's going to help the guards out. Um, you know, especially in the Big Ten. I mean, Zach Eady. Trace Jackson Davis, Hunter Dickinson, those guys had to guard, you know, free throw line to, to basket only. When usually, you know, our bigs are stretching them out to the three point line where they're having to guard dribble handouts, guard brawl screens, help and recover on a three point shot, then guard a dribble drive, and then go and post up and guard a post up and rebound, and then go to the other end. Like bigs didn't have to work very hard against us because our, our bigs could not stretch the floor enough. So I think Stephen Crowell is going to have to get his ass in the gym and you know, stretch the floor. It doesn't have to be John Luer or Frank Kaminsky out there, but just to be some sort of threat from the perimeter, just to force the defense to stretch out a little bit more. And that's ultimately what really, you know, impacted our offense to be able to take that next step is we just did not have that capability to, to have our bigs do that. So we were just a little one-dimensional that way. Kind of our guys were good at one or two things and couldn't quite have that versatility to, to stretch their game out. So I think individually the guy's going to continue to do that. Chucky getting better at finishing at the rim and all that, but, yeah, a guy or two in the transfer portal will definitely help. Is yeah, yeah, I, I I agree. I know Wisconsin. The Wisconsin way is not necessarily to attack the transfer portal. Um, they're very very specific with with what they're looking for. Um, which is I think is smart. Like you don't want to mess up chemistry. You know, they're they're very very particular in what you and what they want to find. What I would love to see. I've been saying this for years and years and years, but especially now more than ever because of coach guards creativity and ability to adapt to his personnel offensively. I want to see us get a rim running big. I want to see us get an athlete at the five spot who can put some gravity, just, just rolling to the rim, you know, and you know, as much as anybody, 
Yeah, you know, as much as anybody, when you have someone like that, that that's a paint touch. You run a ball screen and you got someone who runs to the front of the rim hard, that's a paint touch. And that puts pressure on the defense in and of itself. You have guys like, you know, Chucky, uh, Connor, who can play off pin downs and even ball screens. Max Klesman, who I think can play off ball screens. Even Tyler Wall. Tyler Wall can play it. Like, you can put him in there with a rim runner and you you run him off a ball screen with three shooters around. Yep. I think that's something that is needed. I think it's something that will be exciting, not only for the program from a player standpoint, coach standpoint, but I think it'd be fun, a fun injection for the fans. I think it would just be, um, I, I always joke with Trevor Mbakwe, man. He said Wisconsin recruited him. And I said, man, if you would have gone, like, I don't understand why guys like that wouldn't go to Wisconsin. Cause it's like, you kind of get the best of both worlds to your point. You get to develop a game where you can step outside and shoot the ball but then you have something that is unique to the program that we've never right. really had in my memory. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, and you've got, and you've got um, shooters kind of all around you a little bit. I, t- I totally agree. We yeah, we either need a the hardest lean to guard. You you've had to guard some of the best players, and like the hardest actions to guard are when you're coming off the screen and the big can either step out and shoot it, or he's rolling the rim and they throw that lob up off the ball screen off a curl screen. I mean, that is just that's what got us lost to, to Kentucky in the Final Four was they just threw that ball up to a rim to to Poitras and. Uh, Julius Randle, those guys, like, you can't guard that. But we we have a all of our pick and rolls and dribble handoffs are with a guy like, is he a pick and pop guy? Is he a roll guy? He's not really either. <laughs> so yeah. either develop that three-point shot to be able to stretch the floor a little bit more, or to your point, be a guy who could dive to the rim and really put some pressure on the, on the rim and the defense. And right now our bigs are kind of tweeners that way. That back even, down even offense, back that the, back down five six dribble in the post. The, yeah, which is yeah, which it's tough. It's tough these days. And on the other end, you know, Stephen Crow was great defensively this year. So let me yep. make that clear, both on switches and at the rim. But I think when you have a guy like that protecting the rim, it makes it easier to guard the ball as a, uh, as a guard too. You know, in ball screens, you can kind of, you know, you can just funnel guys in there and just kind of rely on him to. You know what I'm saying? Rely on guys like that to clean it up where I don't know if Steven, I wouldn't call Steven Crowd necessarily a rim protector. Um, but if Steven Crowd develops his outside shot, you know, he can play with guys like that. So I think that's just a that's a win win uh situation that like I'm sitting here talking like guys like this are not easy to come by. Um, so so it's much, much easier said than done, obviously. Well, Wisconsin's an attractive place for you know, there's there's a lot of guys who probably love to play it with, you know, like in the big tens, you know, there's a plenty of mid major bigs who are, you know, I don't know. There's guys out there. You just gotta... <laughs> it, it, even, even if he's undersized, maybe yeah, even yeah. a little undersized, like he doesn't have to be. Yeah. So I That's like now Carter again, Gilmore's I undersized, just, right? Marcus Silver, they're six, eight big guys. Right. So it's like, you know, maybe, maybe. Guys. And if, and again, if Carter Gilmore is out there, like I love his energy, love his, his effort. But if, you know, if he's like, imagine, you know, a guy like Carter Gilmore with, with the athleticism right. to rim yeah. run and do stuff yeah. like that. Like, that would, man, that would that would open up a lot of. And to your point about Julius Randle, Alex Poitras, like, yeah, you guys guarded it, but even when you do guard it, the just the the energy put into guarding that it just it wears you down. Like it just it just wears you down. It's a it's a safety blanket. It's a safety net, man. So just to get a couple, easy I don't know, baskets. We'll, just a couple easy baskets. A couple easy baskets, erase a couple yeah. points. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see. And you know, I don't. Chris Hodges, maybe we'll see. He's a solid athlete, so that's it. That's yeah, that that's a guy to to look out for. Maybe they already have that, um, but yeah, I just I just think that would that would be really exciting, man. So um, that's look, we'll see what happens, man. 
I'm excited for next year. I'm excited for let's focus on focus on the here and now. NIT. Excited for the NIT. Excited for kind of excited for the NIT. <laughs> we'll we'll see how this Bradley game goes, man. I hope that if they play well, then we'll be like, ah, right, you know, if, if they get to hopefully they can get to NIT Final Four or something like that. I think that'll generate some more excitement around the program. Um, it'd be good for the guys, be good for the coaches. Obviously, we're always here to support and pull for them. Uh, you know, Josh, we're gonna we're gonna have you back on next week. I hope join to join me and John. Uh, we'll, we'll end it up with a in the end the season up with a trio. Yeah, we Wisconsin, appreciate Wisconsin you pulling up this week. Win a couple in the IT, and John will come back on board, or what? Yeah, John. John's fair weather man. You know that guy. <laughs> you know that guy. No, that's just kidding. John, just kidding. John's one of the most loyal to the soil there is. He's gonna kill me for saying this. I'm so. sorry, John. I and I know Holly. Holly Lure's been listening too, so we love you both. You know what I'm saying? No, no disrespect. And we were looking forward to having John back on, man. But we appreciate y'all coming to check out this edition of A Shot of Whiskey. Again, be sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts, and on YouTube and all other socials, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok with the handle at Beyond the Big Ten, not spelled out, but the number 10. I am Jordan Taylor from my guy Yash Yasa. We'll catch you guys next time, man. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Beyond the Big Ten is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go-to resource for all things Big Ten. We cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni, aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team. Hosted by ex-Big Ten players, media, and insiders, our podcasts are focused on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten Conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.